0: To the Neutral Zone The I'm intro Greek. mini episode a mini. It might be. It might go on a bit Depending on the questions But anyways, I'm Green. I'm Kim And I'm Ari And we're going to talk a little bit about how we got into Star Trek Since we are going to spend conceivably the next ten years um, Recording an episode Could be longer Going through the entire Trek canon Except for the first Star Trek movie Which I can't watch um, We'll do it I I you. Fall and sleep Kim likes making fun of <gasps> oh, the unicorns Oh, Voyage Home? No, 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 motion picture. Oh, motion picture! I love making fun of the. Uniforms we'll get Pippa in. She'll be, She'll like it. Yeah, hey, I, I have fallen asleep every single time. I, I we'll have a guest. I will, for I will that keep guy. you awake by mocking the uniforms. They're so much fun to make fun of. Oh, anyway, with no regret. So we're going to talk a little bit about how we got into Star Trek, our personal histories with Star Trek, and we're going to start with our our first captain. So Kim, I'm going to hand it over to you. Who is your first captain? My first captain was absolutely Captain Picard. Jean-Luc Picard, who's the first captain I ever experienced, is not necessarily my favorite captain, but he was my first captain. And so when did you start watching Star Trek? Um, I actually have one of my very earliest memories from my childhood is sitting on my dad's legs on the couch and watching um, Encounter at Point from Aww. the second part of the episode when the giant space squid sort of <laughs> changes from the station. Like jellyfish. Well, you know, well, yeah, you see them undulating through space. I have a very, very clear memory of sitting on my dad's legs and watching that. So that would have been, I would have been about five five years old i think when that started it's amazing and that's yeah it's one of my so i there's not a time in my life like i can't remember when i started watching star trek Mm -hmm. i very clearly remember like i had to fight with my sisters because it was in i was in syndication on channel 12 at seven o'clock every week then i was only allowed to watch it like two or three nights a week i wasn't allowed to watch every week because i had to share with my stupid sisters (sighs) which was obviously a travesty because what's that in star trek and that's so that that was where I started with next generation. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So Ari, who was your very first captain? Um, I actually do remember watching syndicated original series when I was like two, three years old. Mm-hmm. That's definitely my earliest TV memories are watching reruns of original series. Um, to the point where it sort of just like you know about Captain Kirk the way you knew about Santa Claus. Uh, we yeah, were only. we were a trek family, so it was a family activity. Mm-hmm. Uh. At least me and my parents. My sisters, by the time Next Gen came around, they were real small, so they really never got into it. It was something I always do with my parents. I do remember when Next Gen premiered, though, because it was a big event, and we made popcorn, we ordered pizza, which we hardly ever did. As four, I think. It was really exciting. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And I have very, very vague memories. I grew up on a farm, despite the fact that none am on my parents' farm. We just had a farm, a little house in the middle of a giant farm. So we had a black <laughs> and white TV, which occasionally, like, we would get, like, not every day would we be able to pick up TV shows. I was <laughs> oh, in rural Alberta. Yeah, so I have this very vague memory of seeing clips of Star Trek in black and white, like, Original, original series. series. Original series oh, wow. of Black Hawaii. Which I don't know if this is like apocryphal or not, but I, I have very very memories. But my very first captain, I would say, like my captain captain was Jean Um so what happened, I think it might have been grade five. I started going like, So what is this like whole science fiction <laughs> thing? So I sought out the nerds I was like, <laughs> so Star Trek And they're like, Oh yes. And because, again, we live in the country, not on our farm anymore, um, we didn't, we got like two, we got Peasant Vision TV, and which didn't have service. Peasant Vision, for those of you not in Canada, is what we call the channels that even poor people can pick up the CBC channels and a couple of other ones. CBC and CTV, that's it. Using an antenna, even, even in the middle of course, nowhere. There's two. Um, so we didn't get um, anything. I watch a lot of cottage country. <laughs> a lot of cottage country. And what they would do is they would tape it on VHS tapes off the TV with the commercials. Sometimes they, were, if they were being very generous, they would cut up the commercials mm-hmm. um, and then bring it to school the next day. And then I would Aww, take it home, take it home so and sweet. watch it with my siblings. What nice nerds. Those were very, Those nice were very friendly. friendly nerds. Yeah, and um, so that was my first experience of Star Trek. And then after that, I read all of the Star Trek novels that are a lot oh, All of them. So I have all this weird knowledge of Star Trek, of all the series, without really having watched much of it at all. Which is going to be real fun when we get to it. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I've, I've now seen the next most of the next generation, but I haven't seen much of DS9. I've never seen Enterprise. I didn't see, see the, the later Sony? episodes of Voyager. I saw, like, the first three seasons. I did not know you hadn't seen most of Voyager. No, um, I definitely didn't see the slug sex episode, which I... You know <gasps> what? You know what? Okay, we're going to come back to this much later when we do Voyager, <laughs> but I must have watched it, but I have no memory of ever watching it the slug sex the episode, slug sex episode for one, years it is one of the greatest episodes in television history like jane Lion's okay therapist. no no what can i <laughs> it, it is, is so great you guys the thing I is so great. that i thought that everybody had collectively imagined it or had been from a book because i never ever missed an episode of star it's trek any star trek well i know that now because i've seen it now but i didn't even realize it existed until i saw people mentioning it in like fandom on the internet and then i was like Wait, what the fuck are you people talking about? I have never missed an episode of Star Trek. So I must have watched it. But apparently I just blanketed out of my memory entirely. That's probably for the best. I think so too. Mm-hmm. So our um, next? Yeah, so Kim, your favorite Trek series? Star Trek Voyager. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, it really is. It's because okay. it was the first. Stop making that face at me. Clear right. my throat! <laughs> um, It was because it was. It's the first series that I was really, like, I can actively remember being excited about watching. And, like, next generation in my head, next generation has always just been there. Like, I don't remember, like, starting to watch it. I don't remember ever Mm -hmm. actively making decisions to watch it. It was just something that was always a part of my life. Mm -hmm. With Voyager, it was the first one where I'm like, there's going to be a new series. There's going to be new characters. I'm really excited about this. And it was the first one where I I really felt like, because it started when I... It started at the same time I started grade eight. Okay. And so it was the first time where I was really sort of, like, making decisions for myself and, like, this is how I'm going to commit my time and really focusing on, like, not just, I like space, but, like, I'm really into the characters and the stories and thinking about that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that is why Voyager is my favorite series. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So my answer is DS9. Yay! Um, I love DS9, But too. before I come back to why it is DS9... That's really interesting. Because that, that, Next Gen, like I remember watching the first episode of Next Gen. But I was, you know, four. So again, it was the same. It was, like, it was the, the one that was always there. Yeah. But I also remember being really, really actively excited about watching DS9. Like, oh my god, there's going to be another series. But it wasn't Voyager, it was DS9. By the time Voyager came around, I was just like, oh, there's going to be another series. Yeah, no, I... Because this was in the golden age where all Star Trek series got seven seasons. Yeah. I think it's probably because I had to share so much with my sisters. It was, my family wasn't like yours. You just Star Trek you, was a priority You were allowed to, You were allowed to steamroll over your sisters. I was not. Well, I was like four and five years older than. Yeah, so I, was, I got to be I right. You no, know, I was three and five years older than my sisters, but I had to share. But I don't think it was even and, that. It was that my parents watched it too. Yeah, and that was the thing. In my household, with my dad liked science fiction, and my dad liked the original series, and he watched Next Gen, but we weren't like crazy about it. They weren't like, nuts out about it. Yeah. So I honestly don't even remember when I started watching Deep Space Nine or when I became like, conscious of it I can never I like I mean it's there and I've watched the series through a few times now but I don't ever remember starting to watch it I think it was something like it came on like on the same night as Voyager like before Voyager but Mm -hmm. I taped Voyager right and I watched Voyager and that was what I was actively interested in and following and (sighs) see until until well, enterprise. I cannot even imagine not actively seeking out and watching every single episode as soon as possible. Any Star Trek. Well, but were, again, like that was if Star Trek was on TV and it was a new episode, my parents and I, at the very least, were definitely going to sit down and watch yeah. it. Oh, see, and that that may just be the difference is that you had the access to the information. There was your a parents? scheduled time. Yeah, for, whereas yeah. I wouldn't. You didn't yeah. have you had to fight for it. Yeah, I would have I would have had to fight for it. I would have had to become aware of it on my own and then like gone out and actively sought so out. So did you just have like a lull in between Next Gen and, and No, because um next gen ended and then Voyager started. And so I can remember things like my mom there was several year gap in the no, no. DS9 was, nine in, DS- DS9 was, DS9 in, was DS9 in between aired them. no DS nine started But there were several years. DS nine started while next generation yeah, last was still airing. And it was still airing while Voyager started, yeah. and oh, so Next okay. Generation ended, and then Voyager started. But there's started. a few years no, in the middle there where neither... No. Yeah, there totally is. There were seven seasons of DS9. Voyager yes. only overlapped with the last two? No. Yeah. I think no, that I, I run simultaneously, so I think Kim's right. Not the entire time. No, not the entire time, but, like, Next Generation ended, and then the next television season, Voyager started, and Deep Space Nine aired. Yes, I'm right. We'll okay, look yeah, it up. Eight. DS9 is the best one, in my opinion, because I think it's the pinnacle of Star Trek. Because it takes from all of the other series and all the other Star Trek canon, and then it takes that, and it builds on it, and it takes jokes from every other series, and it takes references from every other series, and it goes, this is what Star Trek is. Now we're going to do something else. Mm-hmm. The other reason I think DS9... I mean, it's, it's, it was different, different. by the way. Hmm? It's different from all the other Star Treks, because yeah, yeah, all the yeah. other Star Treks have one thing in common, and that is that they take place on a ship. They have incredibly similar formats, they, they have... You know, there are specific limitations certain formats that they can do just because their show's in a bottle. They are, they mm-hmm. take place in a ship. Certain things have to be true all the time. DS9 was more like, well, it was one 5. It was one 5. Like was that's another reason that DS9 was so good is because a lot of the things that they did on DS9, they did by copying one 5, which is, in my opinion, the best science fiction series I've ever made. Uh, debatable. I, know, <laughs> I said in my opinion, you don't have to that's make serious, it. I don't, I don't know. Like, what defines Trek for me is it's optimism. DS9 oh, is still very optimistic. It's just they Ooh, took Well they explicitly know. discuss that that they all that's the other thing, is that they talk they actually talk about federation culture. They they talk about the way that other cultures view humanity. They talk about the things that while we still view ourselves as being optimistic, as as following ideals, as this is what we should be doing, we are still capable of taking a step back and going, we are not always meeting those ideals. And they, they talk about the Federation's place in the Greater Galaxy, and they they they, they talk about the economy and they talk about culture and they talk about history way more directly than anything except Voyager and like the the time travel episodes. They talk more candidly about human history and the bad things that we've done and why that makes us better, as opposed to just looking back at the past the way that TNG did this a lot where they would look at the screen and go, Hey, the past you suck. (laughs) DS9 never did that because they went, okay, human past. We're a little bit better than them, but we're not better than them. And we're not better than them. and We're not better than them." Mm -hmm. It put, it put the federation and it put the human culture that we view as incredibly we they tend to portray human culture in the 24th century as being infallible for the most part like yeah we make some little mistakes but they're not important and we eventually fix it but in ds9 people do bad things and they make big mistakes and they don't go well all of our deals are crap because we missed this mistake. but they do go okay but in context what else could we have done? I think it's the most human and incredible of the Star Treks. Like, mm-hmm. I think it takes the wild optimism and the, we have no choice but to improve ourselves, which is the whole point of Star Trek. And they put it in context with, okay, but we also have to live in the real world. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it was the most nuanced of all of them. And Not just because it takes all the other Star Treks and builds on them, but because it, it went, okay, but to be slightly more realistic, to be slightly more human, to be slightly more people still make Dumb mistakes. This is what actually happened and how it plays out. It was the most complex. I will grant you that it is the most complex of Ultra, all. Right. And I love complex. Supreme, what was your favorite Star Trek? What is, what is my current favorite Star Trek? No, well, <laughs> Voyager has <laughs> a special place in my heart, but. Janeway. A Janeway has a special place in my heart. Not Chicote. is outside of my heart. Oh, oh yeah. Um, But I think now my favorite series is Original Trek really original track yeah i think it it's unbridled optimism it's portrait of or essentially like a vision of what the future could be that unbridled optimism but still kind of tangled into the history of that particular which we will get to (laughs) which we will definitely get to i i love that the, the the construct of the episodes is essentially usually like an ethical dilemma or a logic puzzle yeah. And the characters, yes, they're broad. Uh Kirk is Captain to Captain, Shiny Pants, Golden Boy. And Spock is very logical, but I like their sense of camaraderie. I like that it harkens back to like a war story or very much like a racial hornblower. Um I I, I love the, the the history that ties into it, its its willingness to push boundaries for that time. I think it's so interesting to watch as a piece of historical television. I really enjoy it. Oh, lovely! Yeah. Um. So, Kim. Yes. Favorite alien species. Ooh, favorite alien species. So, my favorite aliens will always be the sexy, sexy Vulcans. Yeah, I, I can't. you <laughs> the, the opposite of. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good bowl cut. What can I say? The ears, there's a lot of them. <laughs> the ears and the eyebrows. It totally does it for me. But um, outside of the Vulcans, and they're just massive sex appeal. Um, I. Have I absolutely absolutely adore the Cardassians and the Bajorans? Um, their cultures are my favorite things about the, part of my, some of my favorite things about Deep Space Nine. Um, but then I also put on a side helping out the Klingons because well, you can't forget the Klingons. Who doesn't love a Klingon? It's true. All, all right. right, all right. I do love the Klingons. Um, the Vulcans I always thought were supposed to be like damn fine. <laughs> well, no, here's what, how I always read the Vulcans, is the Vulcans, especially after um, in First Contact, the movie First Contact, is that basically we get the two extremes of human beings. For that one. Yeah. Okay. yeah, so we get, you know, primitive human beings who barely figured out Warp Drive and then we have, like, the other end of the spectrum where we are, you know, we figured out everything and, and this is the ideal to which we're supposed to aspire, except not really because those guys are boring. And Not according to Kim. In that, that sense. Into it. I think the Vulcans are probably, even though we don't see it that much, they're probably the most fundamentally important to the way that human culture in the Federation ends up because this is what we were trying to emulate early on. They were they were our first Yes. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I think you might actually appreciate parts of the Enterprise then if that's what you like. Except Vulcan I can't stand to watch Enterprise. Oh you're gonna have to. <laughs> Um, but uh, I also really enjoy the Bajorans and the Cardassians Because we probably get the most nuance of those two species Than any other Star Trek species Simply because we have an entire show mm. Whose central tenet is that they're dealing With the end of an occupation Involving those two species So we get stuff about humanity And we get stuff about the Bajorans and the Cardassians mm-hmm. I really like the Bajorans um, That said The Klingons are the most fun of all of them <laughs> Which brings me to mind which is Hands down the Klingons Yeah so interesting i love the episodes in um, the next generation that deal with Worf and his klingon heritage Worf is definitely my favorite alien starfleet character oh really um tie between him and jedzia Ooh. Ooh. anyhow we'll fight over that later. yeah we'll, we'll burn <laughs> that bridge when we get to um my definitely the klingons hands down the episodes that they do with like the politics around the Klingons and mm-hmm. how they're essentially yeah. just all anger all the time oh, and like yeah. the warrior culture and what that means and how they govern themselves and how they interact with other species and how they go from in the original series they are the villains into how they negotiate being allies now I think it's so interesting yeah I really love a good Klingon episode anything to do with the Klingon High Council being dicks to somebody yeah you know oh, always always war always war oh, always yeah. war you know what I always wanted? I wanted a movie that was just about the Kimmer courts, not like the little bits and pieces we get in a couple of other movies. Because we do get stuff about Kimmer in the one where they go to the ice prison. I can't remember which one that was, but uh, yeah. But like, I wanted, I wanted a movie about the diplomatic, like detachment sent to actually negotiate the Kidmer courts. I mean, you know, up until the massacre. <laughs> Well, or if we know how much you love people sitting around a conference table talking about. <laughs> that peace. is what Star Trek is about. <laughs> that brings me to my other question that I'm going to spring on you guys. What does Star Trek mean for you? Like, what is the big message that you get out of it? What does it speak to for you? Ooh. What does it speak to? I think the big message for me is that. Like like Ari was saying earlier, optimism for the future, mm-hmm. and that there is hope for like there's hope for humanity, there's hope for other species, there's you know the growth and change that you see, that like this is where we start from in the twenty fourth century, but we still have more room to grow and change and become better, and that's I think a big part of what I love about Star Trek. I never read it as just optimism. I mean, it's definitely there, but it was both optimism and also a warning, because Star Trek didn't just talk about what we could become. It gave us an example of a future where we had achieved where we had gotten the fuck over ourselves so that we could go, go out and just fucking After explore eugenics space. Eugenics wars. After that, it's like, yes, it's going to get even worse because you guys suck. The past is terrible, looking at the screen at the present, but it's like, you guys are going to have to get over this because the alternative is that we kill ourselves off. We either explore space, we either get the hell over ourselves, we, we progress, we get over this bullshit that we keep flinging at each other in our own time, and we we progress as a species, and we evolve socially, and we figure things out, or we don't, and we're dead. That's really the only (laughs) alternative. It is! Because that's where the optimism comes in. It's like, we can do that. Because look, they have done it. They basically showed us a world where people had gone through, well, even worse, of course, because the eugenics war is a couple of nuclear explosions. But, you know, that was Gene Roddenberry looking at his time and going, we have to figure this out because we don't have any alternative because if we keep going the way that we're going, we're not going anywhere. We will never go out. We will never leave our own planet. We will never explore not only, you know, the, the, the universe outside of our own atmosphere, but we will never understand ourselves. We will never achieve our potential. We will never be greater than what we are now. And what we are now is not that great. That's, Accurate. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree with you. The number of allegories that were in the original series, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, the entire original series is an allegory. Yeah, there's no episode that you don't learn a very. No, and that's anymore. true. Also, all the way through through next gen too, it's that yeah. they were basically going. This thing you're doing now, that I'm giving you a really obvious example of, you need to stop doing it because this is where it ultimately leads. They would always give us the thing, and then where the thing goes, and where the thing goes was never good. I, I don't. From my point of view, I don't think it's as grim as that. It's I think not it's grim. It's not optimism. grim at all. The, the point of doing something like this in fiction is that you can go, this is the worst-case scenario, but you don't actually have to go to the worst-case scenario. No, I think it it was a very optimistic and heartening vision of the future where people could get over the awful things that plague us and work towards a greater good, which... The part that speaks really to me is the amazing exploration and the variety of space. Yeah. Like, it's a voyage. We're going out there. There's a million different things that we can see, and we don't have to meet them with swords or with anger. We can meet them with interest and explore them and investigate them and try to understand them. Well, that was the other thing, is that people are all the same. Like, all in all the ways that matter. Except for Spock. Except for Spock. <laughs> now, but, my, the, the, the question that I want to end with... Uh, Riker, beard, no beard. 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 (laughs) What the hell kind of question is that? There is no right, there's (laughs) like, the only correct answer to that question is beard. What is your answer? Well, obvious. Beard. Beard, thank you. Beard. Beard, thank you. How is that even a question, (laughs) Kareem? You should be ashamed. (laughs) I really should. But I think that's a really good, like, a nice cohesive note for us to end on for our... You know, I have an actual mini-essay about why Star Trek and you just put it right on this mockery. Well, you can throw it on the blog. Um, But thank you for joining us for our first introductory mini-episode. And thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Bye! Bye!